Welcome to Blooming Out, Indiana's only LGBTIQ plus news and public affairs show, featuring music, events, and interviews, both local and global. Live from the WFHB studios in Bloomington, Indiana, this is Blooming Out. You are not around, slowly drifting. Welcome back, loves. Thank you for tuning in or streaming or downloading Blooming Out on WFHB. I'm Melanie Davis. I'm Justin Robertson. And I'm Ireland Meacham. Yay. Yay. <laughs> um, the only thing is, is we're missing Lucas and that makes me sad. We are. That's sad. Uh, yeah. I always like it, like it when he's in the show. And Ireland, um, I've noticed your voice sounds different. Yeah, it's. I'm almost six months on T at this point, I think. Wow. So. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know when when I first started talking to you today, I didn't recognize your voice. It shifts uh, like by the minute. Sometimes I'm sounding really deep, and then I don't know. I've like been sort of playing with my range and stuff, and like like sometimes when I, you know, like first example, I was phone banking the other night, and I noticed myself using my like customer service girl voice, like because that's you know just my internalized you know, whatever, telling me that, like, people are going to be more responsive to, like, a, a more feminine, like, welcoming voice or whatever. Mm-hmm. So after that call, I was like, my voice is down here. My voice is down here. <laughs> like, <laughs> retraining my brain. <laughs> it's funny. It sounds yeah. awesome, though. You have a very nice voice. Thanks. Have, but it's just deeper and a lower register. And um, it suits you. I like it. Thanks. Uh, the gender euphoria is coursing through my veins right now. <laughs> <laughs> How is it working for you? Are you um, feeling benefits from it? Yeah. I mean, just, you know, little things like my voice and and things like that. Like, um, I don't know. It's, it's weird because I'm like doing this whole medical transition still in quarantine. So I really don't have that much like... I haven't had that many opportunities to go out and like have other people react to me. And, you know, I'm in New York where no one even knows me. So it's like, no one could like point out like, Oh, you, you sound different or you look different or anything like that, you know? So it's kind of weird. I'm like doing it on my own and um, it, which is cool. And it's, you know, an interesting, but I've like noticed a lot of other people who are like, you know, starting hormones or whatever during this, during the year of Corona and like, it's just a really unique experience and like, I don't know. It's just interesting timing for everything, but yeah, I don't know. I feel better. So <laughs> that's a plus. That's a good point. I mean, you have no one or any sort of social contact to bounce it off of. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sort of yeah. reflect and view yourself through. Um, so that's interesting, but also yeah. it might be, Nice to do it, and you know, what are we in? Are we, we're not in lockdown. What, what do we call what we're doing? I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I know. I've been like feeling weird about calling it quarantine lately because it's not exactly that anymore. You know, like. But we're still. Like, I'm not going to restaurants or anything like that. No. Yeah. It's still distancing and still distancing right. from our friends and families and stuff. Distancing. Yeah, that's, that's the word. Okay. It, it should be interesting though when you start going around people that you haven't seen necessarily in person yeah, and see what the reactions are. Yeah. 
I'm actually excited. I, I one of my like really close friends from uh, high school is coming to visit me at the end of March, and because she's thinking about moving to New York, and um, so and she's not seen me in person in over a year, and like, you know, knew me when I was still like very femme present. She knew me when I thought I was straight, you know. <laughs> so like, right. it it'll be it'll be fun to to see if she like. Or like what, you know, how she, if she, she will notice things, but you know, how she'll respond to that and everything. Have you, be... have you prepped her? Yeah. Yeah. She knows. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Surprise. I'm <laughs> doing your beard routine right now. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I have noticed my little, you know, uh, baby stash hair is coming in too. <laughs> so that's fun. <laughs> Aw. <laughs> You'll be looking Eastern European. You'll be like my family. Exactly. Yeah. Excited. <laughs> uh, we really need do need to do that, like a super cut of you from the summer all the way through, and just mm-hmm. kind of get a good idea of of where you've come. That's that'll be a fun thing to do. Maybe this summer. Maybe we'd do like when your your one year. Yeah, it'll be like late. It'll be in uh, like September. So yeah, maybe that- on my one year, I'll do like a full. I'll spend some time just cutting and editing. <laughs> That'll, That'll be, be a fun little project for me. Yeah. <laughs> Justin, you've talked about everybody else. How have you been? Um, <laughs> to be honest, it's been a rough month, a rough year for lots of us. Um, I've been very happy with the 70 degree weather today. Yeah. So, so that's good. But I've just been hanging in there, you know. It's just been a lot of change in my life and it's all going to be for the better. But right now it's just, it's not exciting change like Ireland's. (laughs) We'll keep talking about theirs. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. We'll talk about them, not me. Um, But I'm all right. I mean, things are absolutely fine. I'm just going out of my mind. That's all. I am really going to get on a plane and go somewhere. Same. Out of my house. And I know this is just wine, wine, wine. Everybody feels this way. And I try to park. And I'm not one of these crazy, you know, anti maskers or anything. I think we're doing what we should be doing, but I am going crazy. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, as you, I mean, it's been a year almost at this point, exactly at this point. And like, everyone who's been doing what we're supposed to be doing this whole time is at a breaking point. I mean, <laughs> we're all going nuts. So. Yeah. So where I'm at. You know. Well, I forgot to do my, to talk about my birthday last week. So I had a birthday uh, last hey, week. Hey, happy, happy birthday. Thank you. <laughs> it, Should we sing for you? Oh, I, I did, <laughs> I did a little bit of work then some private work stuff of mine. So it wasn't really a birthday. I mean, at this age, you don't get the the cakes and the parties and the hats and the pony rides in the front yard and the maybe for my next one. We have a big enough front yard. I'm getting a pony. Actually, I never got the pony ride. I never got the pony. Oh, I'm gonna have to talk to my parents about this. (laughs) Who did? I mean, it's a myth. I don't. (laughs) That was never a thing. My brother got for his first child. They did like this. They had okay, now I know where this is clowns and ponies and all kinds of fun stuff. And you didn't. Well, I mean, that was my brother didn't throw me a party. And that was from the 70s. That was enough of a party. You know, that's 
Exactly. The seventies was enough of a party. And in the seventies, you know, I was with vegan hippie parents and they would make me these horrible cakes made out of molasses. Carob. Do you even know what carob is? Oh yeah. Doggy chocolate. It was, it was a chocolate substitute. Yeah. Absolutely revolting. I had organized a secret line going into the bathroom the bathroom window where me and all the other kids were passing our plates of cake and throwing it at the bathroom window. <laughs> oh my God. That's so funny. <laughs> so, oh. If you want to talk birthdays. <laughs> well, I'm kind of glad mine wasn't like that at least. So my birthday was great. <laughs> <laughs> Did you have cake? Oh no. No, no, no. I'm diabetic. Ken. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Even you didn't get cake. I'll get you guys cake or something. I don't even like cake, so I don't know why I'm complaining. I'm Today in New York. Though, How are you going to get me cake? <laughs> <laughs> the mail, you just squish it flat and put it in one of those manillas, you know? Perfect. Yeah. yeah. You skip <laughs> off the edges so it doesn't squeeze out. You getting us cake for your birthday. <laughs> so I got Katrina a present for my birthday. Yeah. See, I think that that's a fabulous idea. My friend Olive, he um, he was a he named Olive, and he gave everybody presents every year on his birthday. Oh, that's I so cute. Last act. That's well. I mean, hey, yeah, of course. <laughs> um, honestly, that's a great idea. I honestly really like giving gifts. Yeah. Better than like you know getting gifts. Like I know that's cliche and everything, but truly, it's more fun to like you know, pick out special things for other people and like see their reaction and everything. So maybe I'll start doing that. Yeah. See, get everyone else gets some birthday. Yeah. To our ability. But yeah, she, uh, I saw this oxlotl onesie, hooded onesie, and I was just like, oh my God, have to get that. So, so cute. I saw those pictures. Yeah. Hooded onesie? Oh, I missed the pictures. Oh yeah, they got all those animal hooded onesies that, you know. I'll I'll yeah. like I think they're really cute. What do you want? Which one do you want? I don't know. I would like anything that was maybe a kangaroo. There you go. You got a little pouch and everything. Yes. Exactly. Um, yeah. But I yeah. was looking at those pictures and they reminded me of um just because I've been watching Bojack Horseman and like <laughs> reminded me of the surprisingly great asexual rep- representation in that show. <laughs> like yeah. um it was just funny because that they have the one character Todd who's asexual, and then like there's this axolotl character that comes in, and from the second, just because I know that like you know in the real world axolotls are you know famous animals for being asexual animals, so if the second that character entered, I was like, oh okay, this is going to be Todd's like you know asexual like romantic interest because uh-huh. it's an axolotl and it was perfect. So sorry, uh-huh. just a little. Reading really deep into the axolotl things. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that show is that show's great. There are a lot of good shows coming out recently. But I, I did want to... Today, I, I broke quarantine. Not that I was ever really good at it in the first place. So friends of mine were here from Colorado. And I haven't seen them in a couple of years. And they, you know, we we were tight. Their kids and Katrina were all like brothers and sister and it was just really good uh they had to leave early because there's a, a great snowstorm coming they they're calling for up to 10 feet which seems ridiculous to worry about the one foot that we got earlier they wouldn't be able to get home if they didn't leave early so uh i got to see them and i got to hug on a couple of 
girls that I hadn't seen since they were little and whose births I was there for. And it was just really, really, really sweet. And they hadn't seen anybody either. It was like this first time anybody gets together because everybody's been worried for so long. We all seem to be healthy. Uh, hopefully that will remain this, the same. <laughs> I hate to uh, worry for the next two weeks, but here it is. But that was really nice. I can't wait for, you know, being able to do that again. <laughs> yeah. It it felt wrong to do, right? You know, I was like, oh my God, I shouldn't be hugging you. But I can't not. I can't not. They're so sweet. And Maria was so excited to see me. She was like practically jumping out of her skin. You know, it was just... Aw. Ah. And they wouldn't let me keep one of them. So... <laughs> But that was reminding me of the, you know, I hadn't seen them in two years and, you know, your friends and they see you and hear you are going to be like, whoa. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to ask, are they going to tell me if they ask you, oh, you know, or say, oh, you've grown up so much. It's like I hardly even recognize you. <laughs> yeah, I'm fully expecting that next time I come back to Bloomington. Because I feel like whenever I'm in Bloomington, I just, you know, see one of my parents, old friends, or someone I know from my childhood or something, wherever I go. So it'll, it'll definitely happen. Well, hopefully we'll be able to have more of those reunions soon. Um, you keep dropping the age. So maybe at one point I'll get the vaccine too. Cause I'm so young. I'm scheduled for the 26th. Yeah. What are you going to do first thing afterward? I don't oh, know. For a day. <laughs> the same thing I always do. I think <laughs> I'll be a little less anxiety ridden i think i hope do you know which one you're getting moderna moderna johnson johnson what i i'm not sure um okay. going to iu health center all right didn't you know some of the places listed what they had and mm -hmm. seeing that when i made my appointment so just luck of the draw whatever they got that day i'll take it it's been real <laughs> it'd be nice if it was johnson and johnson though because that's the one that's just the one-time deal right Right. I'm trying to talk my mom into getting that one because she still hasn't gotten hers yet. And she's over 70s. And I really won't feel comfortable if I end up bringing COVID home to her. We have news. But Ireland, you've heard of this artist. I'm kind of new to her. But uh, we have some music from Arca. And I was like, I'll totally kind of miss this. Do you have any more information on her or any of the... No, I really don't know much about her, but I did hear the song Non-Binary uh, before. That's the only one I knew, though. Okay. Yeah. She, she's really interesting. The song is safe. <laughs> Some of the other songs aren't quite so safe, which is... Safe for air. Yeah. This one's more ethereal. A lot of the, uh, the other ones are more electronica. I wouldn't say techno-y. But electropop, definitely. And this is Arca with her song, Time. Thank you. 
I liked it. I liked it too. That was cool. Yeah, I liked it as well. It seems very uh it's it's good for the mushroom mix, you know? Got some chill out sort of <laughs> Yeah. And she's a queer artist, so check her out. We have some news bits. It still feels so good not to be in the mindset of what do we have to panic about this week or this day or since noon. I'm really not sure how to take it still. I really want to be on my pins and needles and just like edge of my seat trying to anxiety ridden, but I don't have as much anxiety uh, as I once did, say, prior to early November. (laughs) But we still have some things that just keep popping up. Justin, you had some stuff too, right? Um, I did. Sure, I just had um, about faith leaders divided uh, by the Equality Act. Oh, that's a good one. Okay, well, it is very interesting because there are faith leaders that are divided by the Equality Act. So, of course, you have the usual suspects that... um, are really, really feeling very threatened by it, including the National Association of Evangelicals, the U.S. Conference of Catholic Bishops, Church of Latter-day Saints, Coalition for Jewish Values, which is representing Orthodox rabbis, whereas most Jewish groups actually do support this bill. Mm -hmm. Uh, But the president of the Council for Christian Colleges and Universities, Shirley Hoogstra said, the Equality Act as written is actually devastating to the institutions that I represent. And I think it's very interesting that they are turning it on the head where they are the victims. <laughs> you know, because yeah. <laughs> this discrimination is being outlawed. I never understand that because we are creating equality amongst everyone. Why should people feel threatened by that? Why is that devastating to you and threatening? Was that when you have an exclusive right to privilege and <laughs> uh, and that's what you're used to? When, when equality comes along, it feels like oppression. Right. Yep. Whereas another rabbi said, you know, it's only been over a little over a decade that our own movement has come to understand homosexuality and gender identity in different ways. And we're accepting it. Right. Was interesting. The difference. I like how um, faith groups are starting to come around. Some of them, but it, it really mm-hmm. is telling the ones who aren't, the ones who are are digging their heels in and fighting tooth and nail for their their right to discriminate. But but I do find it really heartening that the Lutherans, the Episcopals. Um, and as I said before, mainline Protestant denominations and most Jewish congregations are supportive. Yeah. They've all moved in recent years toward more tolerant positions in areas related to marriage and sexuality. And I think that that is fantastic. So we always have something to celebrate. Um, I don't want to be a Pollyanna and ignore the hatred. I want to call it out. And, right. Say it's time to evolve and change. Uh, I just don't think that Jesus would agree to discriminate against anybody because of their gender identity or anything else, any other reason. 
Yeah, the story seemed to be more along the lines of uh, somebody who is about, oh, I don't know, loving everybody as you love yourself. I, you know. Yeah. When was a symbol of that. You right. Know? When the prostitute, and he treated her as an equal and a friend, didn't judge her. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Anyway. It's heartening to hear these things, it, it, especially when you hear other news where people are being just horrid, rancid, deplorable, such a nice word anymore. <laughs> because you really have to work hard to be horrible. <laughs> it's, it's not, it's not so easy anymore. But you know, as I always have to think is that nothing's linear. So even if we're going in this horrible direction, we never keep going that way. We always make a curve, make a turn. And quite often, you know, there's a real um, backlash to whatever is happening. So maybe after these turbulent, horrible years of pure hatred and racism, homophobia and transphobia, et cetera, et cetera, maybe we will make a turn and it will be good for a while. I think we're, I think we're doing that. And I think a couple of the stories from today are going to kind of open that up and show that a bit. Right. Yeah. I just hope it doesn't go back to being like, you know, just lying dormant there ready for the next opportunity where someone enables, you know, people to express their bigotry, you know, and like emboldens them to like, you know, do all the horrible things that were happening. I mean, that are still happening. I think it's just the past four years have done, have just exposed it more than anything. And I hope that we can not, you know, go back to a place where we just don't talk about things where it's, you know, but like, you know, actually like talk about them and get to the issue of why people might feel such hatred you know, and why, you know, all these unfounded, like, unfactual things that they've been fed about people who are different from them that make them so afraid of us. Right. Yeah. Right. <laughs> that was, that's the thing that is really, um, it, it doesn't cease to amaze me how, and the word afraid is a, a big thing, because back before, I mean, you know, you have queer phobia, phobia means a fear. And I was thinking, what do they have to fear? You know, the, it can't be fear. It's just hate. But really, it's, it is a, it is a fear. And what is that? What can you be fearing about people who are just trying to live their lives? But I think that's the thing. They don't actually, they get told stories because, I mean, we were in those communities too, right? We were told stories of uh, queer people who were predators and, and dangerous and all these terrible things carry diseases and that's a part of the culture that we live in that we grow up in we are taught to fear but in that case we're taught to fear ourselves and speaking of fearing himself so i'm going to jump into the the milo oh jeez. okay right. go on just to get it out of the way rip band-aid <laughs> off milo yiannopoulos canceled conservative one-time darling he's trying to stage a comeback and throwing his sexuality under the bus in the attempt not to glorify them, but as a cautionary tale for those lost LGBTQ souls who are there trying to suck up to the political right wing that uh, makes no bones about hating us. Milo 
is an exceptional case, though. He's an infantile opportunist who's debased himself over and over again in the hopes of keeping fame and fortune uh, that came with being outrageously and virulently anti-liberal, spouting absolute nonsense, and being adored for it. Then he screwed up and in an interview condoned sex with minors, at one point saying puberty was the threshold, and then saying the legal age of consent in many U.S. states of about 16 was right. The flame out was swift, and uh, I think it was justified. I hope that he remains on the fringes, gasping for attention, or simply fades away into reality TV ex-celebrity competition shows. I mean, even Caitlyn Jenner has been keeping her head down lately. But this new tease at maybe being ex-gay is just right up the evangelical alley. He was interviewed by alternate reality Life Site News, blech, where he offered this. Quote, when I used to kid that I only became gay to torment my mother, I wasn't entirely joking. Of course, I was never wholly at home in the gay lifestyle. Who is? Who could be? And only leaned heavily into it in public because it drove liberals crazy to see a handsome, charismatic, intelligent gay man riotously celebrating conservative principles. That's not to say I didn't throw myself enthusiastically into degeneracy of all kinds in my private life. I suppose I felt that it's all I deserved. Ugh. Ugh. Oh, I need a drink to get that off my tongue. <laughs> you know, and one one of the things is he's British. Why is he coming here and trying to ruin our stuff? Stay there. <laughs> Wait a minute. That's, <laughs> that's rather xenophobic. But um No, no, no. I other Brits are more than welcome to come, but <laughs> specifically a Milo band, maybe, maybe we could get one of those. So my thing with him is, that, and I, I think we should be able to talk about anything, and this is all excellent points, but part of my thing with him is, is I just want to ignore him because all he wants is attention. That's all he wants. And I read a few years ago, a wonderful article of the New Yorker, you know, he came to Berkeley several years ago and there was a huge riot and lots uh -huh. of destruction and just fed off of this fame and excitement of um these protesters so the next time he came to berkeley the protesters decided what we do is we don't protest we don't do anything nobody was there nobody was in the audience nobody was there to heckle him when he came out of the auditorium it was a huge disaster and he was crushed and we did not hear from him again for two years until right now because he's just desperate for some attention i was sort of like we yeah it's the people were using the same methods on mr president who we shall not speak his name um you know when they were buying out all his seats at his Oh, right. rallies and stuff and that's how you that's how you attack a narcissist is you don't do anything you literally prevent them from getting attention brilliant Ireland. i agree and uh yeah i thought that that was a brilliant tactic just as you said people buying out the seats at the rallies and stuff i i just think that that's maybe the new way to protest but i think that you protest different things differently right right so if it's a law or an act or whatever or a movement um gotta make some noise if it's a narcissist as you said ignore them let's just you know exactly don't even give ann coulter or milo the time of day that's how oh, they don't make any sense they're not 
really cause. They're causes themselves, you know. It's, but they are used as they're held up as an example of um, Milo in particular. Is a, a well was until he went off on his pedophilia route. They're brought up by the right wing as proof that liberals it's not about being gay it's about being liberal and look here's this gay man saying things about the lgbt community and denigrating them and it gives them permission to right it's like getting you know the past to say the n-word some people say oh well my well, friend who's black was lets me use the word no, no 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 that doesn't mean you get to use that why do you need to so it, it kind of gives them and has given them, and I've, I've heard it, you know, the excuse to say or do different things. Well, I mean, Milo's gay and he says this. Uh, so I do agree that we should cancel him, right? Like the conservatives did a couple of years ago. They, they canceled him. Now they don't want to be canceled, but they're okay with doing it to others. Right, they, they were using him as propaganda as well. And after the, the protests at Berkeley that were, really pretty major you know it was the leading story on fox news and yeah. it was just oh look at these horrible people treating this gay man this way <laughs> you know it was so weird it was just like fox news you've always treated gay people terribly and then now that you have a so-called far right one oh isn't this awful I, it's, I, <laughs> the hypocrisy of everything is just so ridiculous they're but, eating their um, own I know that Ireland and I have spoken in the past about how we're not really for cancel culture. And I, I don't mean to be speaking for you, Ireland. It's just that we've had that. No, yeah, I agree. I mean. I believe that people can evolve. But yeah, at some yeah. point, somebody has proved themselves to be just. Yeah, <laughs> I'm. Yeah, I am totally, you know, I. everyone should have the space to acknowledge that they've done bad things in the past and try and learn and make up for it. That's positive. But if you are getting mad because people are calling you out for the bad things you've done in the past and acting like you're getting, quote, canceled, that's not progress at all. That's you getting you getting mad that someone's pointing out your privilege and and not and you're not doing anything about it. That's a different thing. But like, you know, canceling people for the sake of being canceled, I don't think is is uh helpful or you know isn't that the free market isn't that just the definition of free market like if you're doing things and saying things that that people don't agree with they don't have to buy from you they don't have to they don't have to buy your product so if you're a racist or a phobe or whatever right and um people stop listening to you you've you've let the market speak Exactly. And that's what I'm saying. Yeah, I don't condone the um, notes app apology version of, you know, making up for bad things that you've done in the past. Like, oh, no, I'm losing sales in my business. I better, you know, post this thing that says I'm sorry, you know, like, that's also not what I'm talking about. It's the it's taking accountability and and doing the work to change as a person. Yeah. Yeah like really moving in a good direction instead of just yeah complaining which takes self-reflection and time and and yeah do these people own a mirror yeah he clearly doesn't want to do that you know right still bragging about the porsches he can buy his ex-husband who's now housemate you know because that's what's most important you know is material things and um i was just sort of livid when he said you know that he was never wholly at home or comfortable in the gay lifestyle and says 
who is, who could be. Right. You know, that's what you said. And I mean, just the whole, like, ex, whenever I hear ex-gay or, like, anything like that, I'm like, oh, honey, <laughs> honey, you're just gay and super, like, you're just, you just hate yourself. Like, that's just sad, you know? Yeah. There's no such thing as ex-gay. <laughs> I don't know. Well, and, and a lot of uh, things are predicated on the idea that people can change, right? That people are uh, fundamental parts of them. They're either misguided, deluded, uh, they've been raised wrong. Um, and, you know, they can, they can be changed through faith or through boot camps or uh, whatever kind of conversion therapy that you can put people through. And so we've, we've talked about these, uh, bills that have gone through in many states this legislative cycle, including Indiana, where they've started attacking queer kids. And in Indiana, it covered uh, LGBT kids. In other states, it was restricted to trans kids. And in one of these states, <laughs> I'll, I'll read this one down because this is just hypocrisy at its best, right? Alabaman? Is that the right term? I didn't look it up. Alabaman, Republican state senator, hypocrite, though that seems redundant, abuser, uh, <laughs> And creepy junior high school gym teacher, who even the other gym teachers don't like, Tom Watley, has some explaining to do. See old Tom, fresh off vote uh, against the lives of gender nonconforming kids, was caught using his workplace Twitter account to like a post by a non-binary Twitter user named Bambi Hardcore TG18+, whose particular tweet he liked was a pic of their breasts with the caption... I love my new fat G cup um, breasts. He made. <laughs> That's not the word they use. <laughs> hey, make that money and dude, enjoy some hot NB sexy time. It's still America, though nominally in Alabama, and we're still free unless you're a trans kid. And then the vote he made for SB 10, one of many across the country attacking LGB, and this time especially T youth is trying to make it much less so. SB 10 is Alabama's legislation targeted at denying trans kids the only health care that the AMA and the APA recognize is appropriate for helping them lead full, authentic lives. Bill's provisions go on prescribing, dispensing, administering, or otherwise supplying puberty-blocking medication to stop or delay, quote, normal puberty, uh, prescribing hormones, Performing surgeries that sterilize, including castration, vasectomy, hysterectomy, oophorectomy, orchiectomy, and penectomy. Uh, performing surgeries that artificially construct tissue with the appearance of genitalia that differs from the individual sex, including a whole list of them. Removing any healthy, non-diseased body part or tissue. This is the part that I also take offense with. Does not apply to any procedure undertaken to treat a minor born with medically verifiable disorder of sex development, including either of the following, an individual born with external biological sex characteristics that are irresolvably ambiguous, including an individual born with 46XX chromosomes with virilization, 46XY chromosomes with undervirilization, or having both ovarian and testicular tissue. An individual whom a physician has otherwise diagnosed with a disorder of sexual development in which the physician is determined has determined through genetic or biochemical uh, testing that the person does not have, quote, normal sex chromosome structure, 
sex steroid hormone production, sorry, or sex steroid hormone action for male or female. A violation of this section is a class C felony, which earns you a 10 year, earns you 10 years in prison. Section four is no nurse, counselor, teacher, principal, or other administrative official at a public or private school attended by a minor shall do either of the following. One, encourage or coerce a minor to withhold uh, from minor's parent or legal guardian the fact that the minor's perception of his or her gender or sex is inconsistent with the minor sex. Or two, withhold from a minor's parents or legal guardian information related to a minor's perception that his or her gender or sex is inconsistent with his or her sex. Oh <clears throat> my God. Um, just so many. Just the language makes me so angry. Like, right. Yeah. We see that these children, you know, regardless of the attacks on, you know, trans kids, the part about intersex kids is what really, really makes me mad. They're acknowledging that these people exist and then saying that's not normal and they need to be fixed. What? What? It makes no sense at all. And then we're going to turn around and say that, but doing this on, you know, on a person who, you know, make doing any of these procedures on a person who is trans and wants to, and is asking for these procedures and treatments that's not okay. Right. But but doing procedures on a minor that is probably a a an in, a literal infant and cannot give consent in any way shape or form, that's totally fine. So backwards. Well, it just shows that these people really just haven't done any of the research. They're legislating right. from They're the armchair quarterbacks of legislators. You know, they haven't done any background research on it. They don't do in America gender confirming surgeries on minors. Right. And they don't allow the minor to dictate what uh, medical treatment they're going to have. It's not like they go to the doctor and say, I'm going to get this and you're going to provide it for me. And the doctor's like, well, I guess got to. Um, That's not how it works. And nobody apparently told these people, and they've created uh, these bills. This is already passed out of the Senate, and it's on its way to the House in Alabama. That's just disgusting. Uh, And especially for somebody who... So I don't know if it's a a chicken or the egg thing here. Is it that Senator Watley was attracted to uh, trans folk beforehand and is feeling that it's... um, in his best interests to vote this way, either politically or, you know, trying to, I don't know, make people look the other way. What is it in him that causes him to feel that it's okay to uh, sexually objectify us and at the same time vote against trans kids' rights to exist? Because that's what this does. Yeah. Again, it comes, it all comes back to fear and self-hatred. That's the driving factor. I know it. Like, there's no reason. Like, this is just not a reasonable train of thought unless you have some deep-seated, like, internalized homophobia and transphobia that you are afraid that, I don't know, whatever, whatever, you know, feelings or attractions you're having for trans people, you know, that just trying to, because you're so ingrained in the, in the, 
I don't even know how I'm, like what I'm trying to say here. It's like hard to phrase because I'm just really angry right now. Right. But like whatever that fear and self-hatred is, is what's motivating all of this in my, from my perspective. And that's why education is so important. That's why mm -hmm. people who can speak out need to speak out, not just LGBT people. Um, you know, these are the kids, these are the kids that we were. These are the kids who don't have to go through the things that we did when we were young. You know, this isn't like a, a foregone conclusion. It's not like we all have to uh, have experienced horrible childhoods where who we were was forced out of us. You know, we had to pretend to be something we weren't in order to satisfy anybody's uh, expectations. And to have this, which, you know, the, the part where basically teachers have to tell on the kids and the kids can't keep it from their parents. I mean, this is it's just ridiculous, you know, that you basically have to out yourself or fear being outed, going to school and just being who you are and how does that affect kids academically and for the rest of their lives you know um people are still trying to get over you know in their 50s 60s whatever the traumas that they endured as children trying to fit into a society that didn't want them and we don't have to have that there are many places where kids are coming up and including bloomington as themselves not knowing what it's like to have to hate yourself every day, to have to hide. They don't know what the closet is as much as, as others. You know, maybe still a little bit. Don't talk to your grandparents about it because they don't understand. But not like you have to pretend every day at school, at home, everywhere that you are somebody different. And then put that pressure on parents and teachers and stuff. And that they, they can't get the counseling. Yeah. That they would need, especially in a culture that is uh, obviously so dead set against them, where you would need a lot of counseling to, to work your way through that. And then to deny them that even. It's uh, barbaric and evil. Yeah, pretty much. All right, we're going to do another music break. This song is by the Hoosiers. I'm sad to say that I had not heard of them before. They're an English pop band that was started in Indianapolis. And uh, and I was in India at the time and had no idea. So this is their song, Up to No Good. It's super catchy. Apparently they're still around, so you can still catch them at some point, but probably in England.
back i just loved it i don't know what to say i'm gonna have that on repeat in the car forever at least until i memorize it and it gets stuck in my head and i can't stand it anymore let's get back to the news um we have good stuff though do we (laughs) Oof. (laughs) let's go for one ridiculous one that i wanted to get out of the way uh i wanted to address that the super straight Thing yep. on TikTok. A TikTok user named Kyle Royce spun a ridiculous trend when he posted up this video. Yo guys, I made a new sexuality now, actually. It's called super straight, okay? Since straight people or straight men is myself, I get called transphobic because I wouldn't date a trans woman. You know, they're like, would you date a trans woman? I'm like, no, why? That's a female. Uh, no, like, that's not a real woman to me. Like, I want real woman. No, you're just transphobic. So now... I'm super straight. I only date the opposite gender women that are born women. So you can't say I'm transphobic now because that's just my sexuality, you know? Sorry, that laugh track wasn't supposed to be there. But at the same time, it still fits, kind of. So this this guy... Here is to date him. I'm sorry? I said, who cares? Nobody wants to date you anyway. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's the issue with all of these people, the super straight trend or whatever. It's like, hey. did you ever think that we don't want to date you? Like, <laughs> I don't even know. Trans if people don't have a, they don't have time for this nonsense. Like, why would we ever seek validation from people like that? Like, that's ridiculous. Exactly. Uh, but it's taken off. And, uh, and now he's got a, uh, he's got, people he's putting it out there that he needs a hundred thousand dollars um his family is supposedly on the run and he uh uh is in hiding himself and he's homeless and could you spare a dime why is everybody looking to make money off of us i mean really you know uh good question melanie i like that question a lot i think that we could have a whole show about that actually Totally. We have so much to talk about with this. There's a lot to unpack. Well, the first funny part of it is that the flag that he created (laughs) for this super straight identity is literally the colors of both Pornhub and Grindr, the gayest (laughs) dating app out there. Like, who was your graphic designer? (laughs) Like, Like, literally you know google right now super straight and it's the the grinder colors and it looks very similar it's so funny it's like they're it's such poetic artistic (laughs) you know what i mean um um, his karma she knows what she's doing (laughs) exactly (laughs) um it's just that is hysterical yeah 
and you know they're they're young adults who are doing this and they are insecure and they're sad and it's good to be able to laugh about it <laughs> but it's going around now and i thought i'd bring it up because it also reminded me of some of the stuff that we've been dealing with for a long time like with the gold star lesbian movement and what does it mean to be a real lesbian or who am i going to date or you know, who do I want to date? And of course, with trans people, there has always been the question of, um, can you really be considered in a gay relationship if you are a gay man and you're dating a gay um, trans man? Or same thing with lesbian. And the transphobia comes in with the definition of who's a real woman. And also there's the sex is a part of it, too. So there's the attraction and the sex and the exclusion and there's so many parts to this and I think that we really need to keep talking about it and we'll work something out, I think. Hopefully not as ridiculous as as this poor, abused little man and all of his little <laughs> followers. But it is uh it does shine a bit of a light on on the deeper problem that you know I haven't been hearing too much of. Night I maybe I'm happy about that. Uh, gold star lesbian stuff that was that was really biphobic and hurtful yep and um and i had a lot of friends who were very outspoken about that and it never seemed to to come to a resolution so who knows it's, just like, it's like what the what's the point you know people are fluid that's the whole point of this whole movement like come on like i don't know and not even like the biphobia aside, like why is it so hard to see that trans women are women and trans men are men? I mean, that this is coming from a trans person, so I might be biased, but like, I don't get what's so hard about it. Like, <laughs> I don't know. Like, it's this whole thing too with like, I don't know, with the what we were talking about before with the bill um, in Alabama. Like, it's okay to be different, but you have to you have to be different by our rules and our standards of what's, mm -hmm. you know, right. Or I don't know. It's just weird. The whole thing's weird. Uh, identity. Yeah. People have to categorize. People have to, to create definitions in order to understand things. And I think that that's, that's what we really will have to talk about is, is the definitions. What, what culturally we are going to be able to understand ourselves and others as, and, giving enough um, depth and latitude to those definitions to to really, truly encompass reality as opposed to what we're used to, which is very quick and simple and doesn't take any thought whatsoever. We're given a binary or a couple of binaries and the world's divided e easily. And now whenever you transgress those binaries or you try to tell people that the binaries aren't enough, some folks get very defensive because they've invested in that that that's their their myth is they're happy with it so i've got a mike penn story okay so really quick here indiana's least favorite son du jour mike pence boo hiss is speaking at a 600 person fundraiser for the south carolina anti-lgbt hate group the palmetto family council in late April. The group's stated mission is to persuasively present 
biblical principles and the centers of influence on issues affecting the family through research, communication, and networking. Penn seems to have found his rut. Earlier, he was named, quote-unquote, distinguished visiting fellow at the Heritage Foundation, a notorious and doggedly dangerous anti-LGBT organization. He'll also be returning to his broadcast roots, in a way, by working on a podcast put on by anti-LGBT youth group, the Youth Americas Foundation. Mike, buddy, we get it. You're straight as an arrow. You don't have to keep ramming it down our throats. Don't you have to say we're out of time? Oh, any of us can say it. But okay. Oh, we're <laughs> out of time. Blooming Out is a production of WFHB Community Radio and produced by Melanie Davis and Cade Young. Lucas Fisher is our engineer. For Blooming Out and WFHB, I'm Justin Robertson. I'm Ireland Meacham. I'm Melanie Davis. And remember, if everything were straight, flat earthers would be right. And that ain't right. (laughs) Be well, stay safe, speak truth, manifest equity, demand justice, wear your masks, and good night from your Blooming Out family. Good night.